<laughs> hey, we made it. Yeah. Just barely. Wow. Good thing you looked at it. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful Wednesday with Return to Consciousness and your host, Nicole Ashton, who is not here because, of you, as you've noticed, I am not Nicole Ashton. Our good friend, Nicole, is doing amazing things in Uganda. She's on the other side of the planet helping and caring for people, and I, to be honest, am incredibly envious of her. I would not want to take that away from her, but I would really kind of like to be there with her. Instead, April and I, this is April Betty and myself, Della Hill. Say hi. Hello. Get to come in and hang out with you guys today instead of having Nicole here. Of course, you guys usually get April anyway, and once in a while I get to come in and play along, which is also fun. My name is Della Hill. I usually am here on Mondays, Monday afternoons with The Extraordinary Talk Show. And... Today I get to come in and, and cover for her instead. Do you hear that? Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. We're having a weird audio okay. technical issue. It's fixed. It was you figured me. out. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Great. Sorry, that was me. We're good. Did you have your phone going? I started a live watch party, and I thought it was the microphones. <gasps> that's why I was like, turn off the. I mean, the headphones. Uh huh. Okay. Well, I'm glad you fixed it. All right. Thanks for fixing that. Now that we're here, and thanks for tuning in just a couple minutes behind schedule. Sometimes our, uh, our programming runs the show, and we just show up, and hopefully we're on time. Today, it gave us a couple minutes of extra time, but we're glad to be here, and we have a, a fun, fun topic to talk about today. We're talking about kids and how to feed your child's spirit. And... There's a lot of, of things that that can incorporate. There's a lot of ways that a lot of ways that can go, a lot of directions. Personally, I love children. I have two of my own, except they're not children anymore. They're now 18 and 21. But I also did foster care for eight years and had a total of 53 foster kids. I was nationally certified by the Teaching Family Association, and my husband and I were the very first couple in the 30-year history of the Teaching Family Association to win the Distinguished Practitioner Award twice. Wow. So when we talk about kids, I feel like I kind of know what I'm doing. Except when I was working with children, it was before I had kind of turned on to the spiritual side of things. I, I was, I might say I was religious at that time, but I wasn't necessarily spiritual at that time. Mm -hmm. But I did listen to my own intuition, my own guidance, a lot more than I realized. That was one of the fun mm -hmm. things was that my intuition was constantly talking to me and I can look back at those times and see the times that my intuition really, really guided me in helping make sure that the kids had exactly what they needed, you know, but I didn't always realize at the time that it was my intuition. So that's a really interesting gift. And I think if I were to do it again, I would do it a little bit differently. And April, we were talking before and you told me that you're just a kid person and you just love kids. And I know that you also 
I'm not sure what your title was, but you ran an orphanage or oversaw an orphanage mm-hmm. in Haiti, and you've got four of your own kids. And what were you going to say about that? Um, is my microphone on? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say first before I start it, do you think that, I don't know on your show, do you ever take callers? I don't, but you we don't? could. Oh, okay. I don't know. It came to me, so I was just mentioning it. Like, maybe we should take callers sometime throughout the show and they could share something that they do with their children. Oh, that's a just great idea. Or they could idea. ask a question. That would be good. Because I bet between you and I, we could probably come up with some good Ideas and suggestions. That would be good. That would be great. Um, Yeah, I do love children. I mostly love babies because they're fun. And I I really like them before they crawl. So there's like a certain age. Like my youngest grandson, he is um, almost six months. So he's at the perfect age, but he's on the brink of crawling and running away from me. Um, So you like them before they can run away from you. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I do. Um, Yeah, I I do love children, and there's something special about them, but there's this spiritual thing, like when I was thinking about it today, like, so over the weekend, I was in Vegas, and there was a little girl, and she was crying. She was probably five or six. She was upset, and her mom was definitely upset with her, and they were in a store, and I was passing by her, and I caught her eyes, and so I just had, I just connected with her eyes, and I was like, trying to fill her with love, like, just, you know, you're okay or you'll be okay. And she was so distracted between, my mom's mad at me, but I'm really connected to her eyes. And, you know, we could shift so many things with our children and other people's children without even words, just with our eyes. Isn't that interesting? It so much is. And I know exactly what you're talking about because I've done the same thing. And then I waved at her. Uh (laughs) And she, she, it did change it, but go ahead. My dad always did a thing with me when I was a kid and my brothers and sisters were, if if he was across the room or something, he would just stick his tongue out at me. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a teasing game, but it was also, he's too far away to to talk to me and he might even be interacting with other adults or something, so I can't really come up. But he made sure if he and I made eye contact, he would very often stick his tongue out at me. Uh Even if he just did it like out of the corner of his mouth, just a Mm -hmm. little bit, just because that was our signal. And that's something that I've taken on. And I will do that with children when I see them. It's really, really awkward in the store if you go up to somebody's infant and start talking to them. People don't like that. And I understand. That would make me awkward, uncomfortable if I had my child there too. But you can stick your, ch- your tongue out at a kid from across the store and they love it. And usually their parents don't see. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that Excuse is me. funny. And it's, it's really funny because kids... They see it and they know that you're connecting with them. Mm-hmm. And infants, the very, very first part of their body that an infant can control is their tongue. In fact, that's required for them to be able to suck and swallow and eat. So children, infants can learn very, very early to stick their tongue out. And when I stick my tongue out at kids, they don't always stick it out back, but sometimes they do. And I had one poor little girl. Actually, I say poor little mother because this little girl was darling. But every time she sees me now, she sticks her tongue out at me, even if it's in a different place from where we used to see each other. And I'm not sure that her mother appreciated that I taught her that, that skill, if you can call it that. But that child, that she was one and a half, two years, three years when we were doing that, and, and I saw her all the time, so we, it was kind of a little game that we would play. That little girl knows that this adult recognized her, saw her, and thought she was important. And for a very, very small child, that knowledge is critical. 
And it's so important that that knowledge comes not only from the parents, but also from other adults, other people, older brothers and sisters, cousins, family, whoever. But children need to know that adults recognize them, see them, and value them. And you can do it with something as small as smiling from across the store or sticking your tongue out or hugging a child who can't get away or holding a child who's trying to get away or whatever way. There's a thing I do too. It's like more a subconscious thing is when the child, it could even be an adult. It could be anyone. When they're sleeping, you place your hand somewhere on them, like say their arm or their hand, anywhere on them. And then you send this message to them. So you could send them like lots of positive love or, you know, you're amazing, you're beautiful, you're enough. You could send them whatever you want. And then the next day when they're awake and you touch that same spot, it does reactivate what you programmed Ah. in them. And so that's something fun when my, you know, it's it's fun to do. I even do it with when my grandkids are sleeping. And I call it like secret training (laughs) because they're sleeping. But it's, it really does work. And the next day, you know, it's something you could experiment on your own and see if that works for you. And it's just something that I think is helpful, too. That's a fantastic idea. I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah. My son, my older son has moved out and my younger son is 18. So it's not like he needs a lot of mothering care. But I still do a thing for him that I've mm-hmm. always done. If he falls asleep on the couch or the floor or wherever because he sleepwalks so he ends up wherever and he doesn't have his blanket, I will find his blanket and put it on him. And it's a simple thing, but I remember being a kid and being half asleep and kind of cold and not wanting to get up and get a blanket. So it's something that I always did for my kids is I would just make sure they were covered. And I didn't know that that made a difference to them. I, I just wanted, it was a thing I just wanted to do. It was an act of love from mother to son. And then there was one day about six years ago, I know because it came up on my Facebook memories a couple of days ago, I was asleep on the couch. And I woke up just a little bit as my son, who was 12 at the time, was putting a blanket over me. And I I just thought, oh, that's so nice of him. And then my eyes were closed, but I heard my older son say, why are you doing that? And my younger son said, because she does it for me. And I just pretended to be asleep. I pretended like I hadn't even heard it. (laughs) My son does not know that I had that moment. But that was an incredibly powerful moment for me, knowing it mattered. And I didn't do it so that he would do it for me. I just did it because I wanted to do it. But it was that was, as parents, once in a while we get those moments where we go, oh, it's working. I'm doing all right. Mm -hmm. And the the rest of the time we're always going, am I doing okay? Is he learning? Am I saying the right things? We always question ourselves as parents, and we get those few moments here and there that tell us, ta-da, you're doing a good job. And that was definitely one of those moments, and I really love that. But I love that idea. So next time I put his blanket on him, even though he's 18, I'll do that. I'll put my hand on his shoulder, and I'll I'll send him a message. I think you could probably do that with pets, too, because I also have have similar experiences with, with animals. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of ways you could feed your child's spirit. So you could interpret it in many ways. I mean, small and simple ones like time. If you want to know what love means, it's time. Your kids want you to spend time with them. So just because you're with them, but you're on Facebook, you're on your cell phone, but you're sitting next to them, that does not count. That's like just get up and leave because you're not spending time with them. 
you have to put whatever you're doing down and be engaged with them. And so when my kids are little, I like to do dates. Like, and I still do it now that they're all grown and adults. Like, we'll go on dates, you know. And I see uh, my kids do that with their kids. They take their kids on dates, too, and make them feel special. Like, there's lots of little things like that you could do. It's just taking the time and deciding what you want to do. And you don't have to think too hard into it. It could be little things like when you pack them a lunch. I know my kids are grown, but sometimes I do still make one or two of them lunches. Mm -hmm. And I will put a note in there sometimes. But when they're little, I always would put notes. Like whatever you want to tell them, put little notes in their lunches. It's those little things that really make a difference. Yeah. Um, In my head, I have about... 20 different things that I want to talk about when we're talking about kids. Okay. I think that following intuition mm-hmm. is so critical. Like I said at the beginning of my show, I did that a lot without knowing that I was doing it. And it would be a very different experience if I were to do it again. And I did a pretty good job. I, I loved the kids that I worked with. And we were very successful with those kids. But I think that had I listened to my intuition more and been aware of it, then it would have been better. There were definitely times, though, mm-hmm. that that even looking back or even at the time I could kind of go, Oh, all right. We got some guidance on that. In fact, my husband was so good. We worked with teenagers. We lived in Richmond, Virginia, and we had, we had gangbangers. We had kids, um, that if you passed them on the street on a Friday night, you might be worried. But in my home, these were just huge teddy bears. I loved Mm -hmm. these kids so much. And, but when you're working with kids like that, they occasionally have temper tantrums. They occasionally go what we called out of instructional control. And that's when you do intensive teaching with them, right? And my husband, especially the wonderful Chris, had a way of sitting down with a kid. We would have a kid that would just go in nuts and nothing was working. And I would leave the room for half an hour and I'd come back and the kid and my husband would be sitting opposite each other on couches or chairs looking at each other and they'd be completely calm. And I would say to my husband, what did you say to him? And Chris would say, I don't know. I don't know. And we learned to recognize that that was, that was a sign that we didn't realize until after. But when we had one of those conversations and you could tell that a miracle had just happened, that some kind of radical transformation had just happened with this kid, but we could never remember what we said to them. And that came to be a thing. In fact, that also happened to a friend of mine when he was advocating in court to get custody of his children that he stood up in front of the judge and told the judge why he should have custody of his children. I asked him later, what did you say? And he was like, I don't know. I couldn't repeat it for you. I couldn't tell you what I said. But I left that courtroom with my kids and they came home. That's awesome. So we have those moments where we're absolutely, totally guided by intuition when it comes to our kids. I had another Mm -hmm. time like that with one of those foster kids who had a unique relationship with his mother. And I knew that that was something I needed to understand better if I was going to help him. And I was kind of frustrated and I just went, help me figure this kid out. I don't get it. Help me figure him out. And it just so happened that right then I I took a bathroom break. I said, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll see y'all in in a few minutes. And we've got help there so I could leave the room for a few minutes. And on my way to the bathroom, I walked by my bookshelf and picked up a book. It was a book Mm -hmm. I had never read. It was a book that um, was in the office and I picked it up, flipped it open to a page and read a chapter about 
a certain type of relationship that teenage boys sometimes have with their mother. And it was exactly describing this young man perfectly. And then also gave me guidance on how to help him and how to help his mother. And it was one of those things that how in the heck could I have grabbed that book, opened to that page, found exactly the answer I needed if I didn't have guidance. I couldn't have. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Do you have other things like that? Yeah. Every day, all day. (laughs) That's my life. That's my world. And I love it because when it all comes together, then you know it's just divine. It's just, that's just the way it's supposed to be. Another thing I like doing too is, um, uh, my daughter's friend, they came to stay with us for a week because her mom left the country and she left her five siblings. And so they came just for a short week. However, when they were there, uh, you know, it was, it was traumatic on them because their mom left mm-hmm. unannounced. And so I just had this thought. And were they expecting her to come back or not expecting um, her to come back or didn't she know? She still hasn't come back. Okay. So, yeah. Um so anyways, I just was like, okay, what am I going to do? Because like, it, it, they needed something. And so in that moment, I just was like, let's do yoga. And it's so amazing how little kids gravitate to try new things and got out the yoga mats. And they really, it was something they really liked. And even to this day, even my two-year-old grandson, he'll ask to do yoga sometimes. Really? And yeah, it's funny, but they love that kind of stuff. And so I always just, I am a big fan of YouTube because you can find any video on there, whatever you want to do. So I put like fun kids yoga and whip out the mat and here we go. And if it only lasts five minutes, that's fine. But they're quieting their inside. And another thing I like doing too is I I get like rocks or crystals. doesn't really matter what, what whatever you want to use. And then I, um, I teach them that you could heal yourself and you're so powerful. You could do whatever you want with these. And I do these things with them. And then the other day, my granddaughter, Maya, she was saying, she's five, almost six. And she was saying, um, her mom wasn't feeling good. And I was like, oh, you could heal your mom like you did with your cat. She told me she healed her cat. She said, you know, I put these, (laughs) she said, I put these rocks on my cat. And then I called in and I was like, you called in. And she's saying like, she called in happiness. I don't know what she called in, but she's Uh so cute. And she's... (laughs) She's serious. That's awesome. And and so you don't really realize you could have such an influence over children by just doing things that intuitionally mm-hmm. you know works for you. And, you know, and I do believe that stuff does work on pets. And she's Absolutely. so smart to do that. How cute. That's yeah. adorable. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> now I just did the thing where I had a thing in my head. And it, and and it, lost and it, it. ran out. Yeah. That's okay. Um, playing with kids is super fun, too. I love going to the park. I often wonder if I go to the park for myself or to play with, you know, uh-huh. whoever I'm taking to the park. Right. I've always loved taking my kids to the park. So it's just like a part of my insides play. That's like, awesome. I'll and, never stop And playing. it should be. We, yeah. You never should. Play is how you enjoy life. And that's how that's it one is. of the ways that we bring in that joy. Yeah. I remember. So. What you're talking about is the thing that I didn't do when I was a young mother. And if I were to do it all over again, which I'm not planning, but I would do different. One issue that kids have is kids come into this life and they have unlimited beliefs. Nobody has told them yet when they're born, you can't do that. That's not going to work for you. You're not good enough. 
when they are these little packages of source energy into this teeny tiny little growing body that they're just figuring out, their beliefs are unlimited. And let's help them stay that way. Because so many kids are able to see spirits or have psychic abilities or clairvoyance or those kind of things. But when they talk about it, they're told, Shh, you're making that up. Stop pretending. Don't let your imagination run away with you. And so they stop believing those things. And one thing that I would do very different if I had little children again, and if, if I'm ever blessed with grandchildren, that I'll do with them is talk to them about those things and ask them about those things. In fact, I want to know what things they can see that I can't see. What things are they aware of that I'm not aware of? Because the, the veil is so thin and very often parted for them. And I, I dream of a world where children are born and those innate gifts are taught and trained and encouraged rather than shushed and hushed. Well, it's not too late. Have you had these conversations with your kids? They're not too old. Um, You're never too old. <laughs> my, my son thinks it's hilarious that I think I have, he turned the, he coined this term and I think it's actually great, a quote, spirit radio, unquote, oh. inside me where I can gain information and know stuff that I wouldn't normally know. So my 18-year-old son, who I have encouraged to think independently, has done exactly what I have encouraged him to do. And he's not really into the idea. He doesn't think it's, it makes any sense to him. He says, scientifically, you can't prove it. And I've said, hmm. okay, maybe you need to find the right study or maybe the studies are coming out. But either way, I respect your belief. And I'm so proud of you for being an independent thinker. Absolutely. And he knows what I believe. And I've kind of left the door open that if he has questions or wants information, he can come to me. Mm -hmm. But I also realize he's an 18-year-old kid. I am not going to hammer any new belief or idea into his, into his head. And I should not try. This is yeah. his life. I raised him to make his own choices. I raised him to think for himself. And now, after I've done that, it's my job to support him in doing that. Yeah, and by you spending time with him, it's good because you could just listen and love him for where he's at. And you never know, for me, I believe it's the children who will be changing the adults because I know, like, I don't believe, like, we we as adults could... I think it's... For me, I think the children are the ones that'll change the world mm -hmm. because they're the ones who are more open. We're the ones who shut that down sometimes as adults. But um, all my kids, we were very well aware there's ghosts and spirits, even within... You know, my own house, it's 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 not uncommon to get a text like, Mom, there's a there's a spirit in the house right now. Or like, you know, it's like, okay, well, what do they want? Or like, you know, it's not. And we do like angel cards. And mm -hmm. I love angel cards. Mm -hmm. um, and so like even they're so young, those young babies, my young grandkids, they know how to clear them, knock them, lay them out. They go into this like thing with their hand and feel over it. Like so young, but they're the ones who will keep us adults from turning crusty and old Absolutely, <laughs> with our thoughts and Absolutely. beliefs, in my opinion. We got a minute and a half until okay. our mid-show break? break. Yeah. Um, I think that you're absolutely right. In fact, as the world is changing and growing and we know that we are, this earth is rapidly evolving. The beliefs, the earth itself are all going through massive changes hmm. currently and have been for the last decade or so. And it's, it's only increasing and as part of that, the children that are being born right now have massive abilities. 
And I, I love that you're doing that with your kids and your grandkids and, and helping them and encouraging them. Because I sometimes think, you know, wouldn't it have been cool if I had started on this journey 38 years sooner so mm-hmm. that I, I could have come into my adulthood as, you know, an 18, 20 year old with some of the knowledge that I have now. And I, I didn't. And that's okay because mm-hmm. this is exactly the life I was supposed to have. And I love yes. the life that I've had. And I actually love the journey that I've had to get to where I'm at now. But I, I want, as I'm looking around, in fact, part of that is the contrast of me recognizing I didn't always have all the knowledge I wanted. What can I do to help others have that knowledge? And some of that is just loving our kids and yeah. teaching them that it's all there. We've got and just seconds. showing up, just being, when you have that intuitive feeling to go somewhere or be somewhere, mm-hmm. just go and be there because who you're sitting next to, you could send them messages too. Right. And my parents, without, without me telling them where I was, used their intuition to find me on more <laughs> than one occasion. We're going to break right now. We'll be right back. Okay. I'm going to run out and refill my water cup. Okay. And we can totally take calls the second half. I just don't know how to use this. Probably, probably no one will call. Like they, like one, like the first time we were gonna take calls, like people, we didn't know how to answer it, but, and people were calling, and then ever since we did it, like we never got calls. I don't know. Well, I'll put it out there, but do yeah. I just? I don't know how to answer it. I don't it, remember though. either. <laughs> she, because we never really get them, so I don't know. Well, we'll put it. Or Della in this case, because as we said, our beautiful Nicole is in Uganda healing and caring for some amazing people down there. So for the second half of the show, we're going to do something that I've never done before and accept callers. So Sean, our station manager, was just in here and showed me how to do that. Go me learning a new skill. So if any of you out there have want to share something that you do with your child... Please call this number. It's on your screen if you're watching on the video. Otherwise, it's area code 435-879-4100. That's 435-879-4100. So if you have a tip that you do with your kids to help them be strong in with their intuition, with their connection, or just with their relationship with you, or if you have a question, if you're struggling with your kid and you want some advice from the professionals here at the show, give us a call and let's talk about your kid. we got about 23 minutes left in the show. And again, the numbers, area code 435-879-4100. If you're watching this later on YouTube, please, you can call if you want, but I can't guarantee anybody will answer. So back to kids. I loved what you were saying about going on dates with your kids mm-hmm. and I used to do that when, especially when my kids were in school, because kids love nothing more than being pulled out of school early, right? Not always true. Not always true. My mom used to pull me out of school all the time to go to Disneyland. (gasps) And you would think like, oh, wow, that's cool, right? But me, I'm like, again, we would go all the time to Disneyland. Okay, but don't you have amazing memories of going to Disneyland with your mother? I'm so, so, so over Disneyland. (laughs) It's like if you do something too many times, it, I think you can get sick of it. But every time I go there, I took all my kids and grandkids last year, and I was like, well, my youngest couldn't go. But I'm like, we're never going again. And then we always end up going again. 
But yeah, we'd go every day. And and I did get in trouble once really? because my mom said, you know, you have a doctor's appointment. That's what you say. So when I got called into the office, they're like, you have a doctor's appointment. And I'm just a kid, so I'm honest. I'm like, no, we're going to Disneyland. And so when my mom picked me up, they were joking with her, but they're like, we heard you're going to Disneyland. And then when we got in the car, she's like, you're not supposed to say we're going to Disneyland. But That's we had hilarious. annual passes. We live like 10 minutes from there, so we go there all the time. Cool. Yeah. Great. I took my kid for sushi. Maybe he would have appreciated <laughs> Disneyland, but we lived in, in Virginia at the time, so Disneyland wasn't an option, but... That's cool. But I, I still love that but she did general, that. But in general, yes, they do appreciate it. Yeah. Just, yeah. I had my mom on my show a few months ago, uh-huh. and she talked about her mother, my grandma, Esther, who I adore, but she passed away when I was about 11. And she said that Grandma Esther really made a point of making sure that each of her kids had a project or a hobby to do that was important to them. So my grandma taught her three daughters all how to knit and crochet and sew and quilt and basically do anything with their hands that they could possibly do. But if it was something, you know, this one liked crocheting more then she would spend more time and focus with the crocheting and make sure that there was extra crochet needles. And if this one liked baking better then she would make sure that she had all the baking supplies for when that one wanted to bake. And I've noticed my mother doing the same thing with me and my brothers and sisters and not only my brothers and sisters, but also anybody else who came into our home because my parents had this idea that we have a, it wasn't even a big house, but it was a house and it had a lot of bedrooms. They were just all, most of the bedrooms were about as big as this room or smaller. And they said, we don't have a whole lot to share, but we have a home and we can share our home. So anytime, and I mean anytime that somebody needed a place to stay, my parents would invite them in. Uh, My parents' last name is Hugo. And so my husband calls their house the Hugo Hostel because you never know when you show up who might be staying there. And sometimes that has been my brother's college roommate lived with my parents for several years. And at one point, my sister's best friend lived with us for a year because her family moved away her senior year of high school and she wanted to finish high school there. So she moved in with my parents. And one thing that I, I noticed was that my mom always bought angel food cake mix. Hmm. when my sister's best friend, Nikki, was living with us. And I always thought, okay, fine. My mom does a lot of shopping. That's fine. But I realized it connected to me that Nikki loved to make angel food cakes. And so my mom would always make sure that we had angel food cake mixes. And this this is just my sister's friend. She's not, I mean, and my mom started doing this before Nikki moved in with us. It was just a thing that my mom did because she cared about Nikki and Nikki was there often and Nikki had commented that she loved making angel food cakes. So my mom always made sure there were angel food cake mixes available. Now, the funny part of of that story is Nikki hung out enough that she and my brothers started hanging out and they're now married with four kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? (laughs) Yep. And on occasion, she still makes an an angel food cake. But one thing that was really neat about that was that my mother built a relationship with her. So when she started dating my brother, there wasn't this weird, awkward mother-in-law kind of feeling, meet the parents. It was just her best friend's mom. Mm -hmm. And now her best friend had been my sister and her new best friend was my brother. And she just still loved her best friend's mom. And so my mother made sure in that way that she had a great relationship with her daughter-in-law without knowing that that's what she was doing years before it actually happened. That's amazing. That's a good story. A long time ago on one of my vision boards, I had Noah's Ark 
but I didn't have the Ark. I had the song. And uh, in the playroom, I have a big picture of Noah's Ark. But the interesting thing is, like, when you're talking about your mom, that's, like, my house. Like, you never know who is coming or going. Uh-huh. And it's, it's really not funny sometimes, but it is the truth. It it's really, nice when it's calm, though. Oh, it, it really is. It really is. And as a child growing up in that environment, it's definitely nice when it's calm. Of course, I had, yeah. there were seven kids, so wow. there wasn't a lot of calm. But I grew up in a home that taught love. And I think if, we're, if we want to feed our child's spirit... The number one absolute biggest best thing we can feed our child is love. I agree. And that means directly to them, but it also means around them. Mm-hmm. I witnessed my mother give service and love to other people on a daily basis. And sometimes that was a hello to the mailman. And sometimes it was a thank you to the cashier. And sometimes it was, hi, nice to meet you. Here's a spare bedroom. How long do you think you're going to stay? But I watched my parents, my mother and my father, give love to so many people. And that taught me love. I've been thinking about that the last few days, that one of the, not one of, probably the greatest gift that my parents gave me was the gift of love. That they loved me. They taught me that I was lovable. They taught me that I was valuable. So I grew up knowing that. And when I got bullied in eighth grade, Mm -hmm. because we do, right? I remember that kid He said a lot of mean things. And one of the things that he said was, Della, you're stupid. And everything else that he said, I kind of went, whatever. Uh, Maybe that's true. I don't know. But when he said you're stupid, I immediately thought, no, I'm not. My mom said I'm smart. And I didn't say that out loud because I figured he would probably go further on that. But in my head, I had that knowledge. In fact, I'm so glad that he said that I was stupid because that was the catch. That was where I got the hook. That was where I went. No, I'm not. (laughs) My mom told me I'm smart. And if my mom told me I'm smart, that means everything else that you're saying must be lies too. And so that kid's bullying never got very far with me because I knew that I was smart because my mom told me so. And I had this armor. I had an armor, shield, gauntlet, everything Mm. protecting me made literally out of my mother's love. And I recognize that I was blessed. I didn't recognize it then, and I've apologized to my parents for it. And I've thanked my parents for it. Because my parents taught me love. And if we can teach our children love, if we can teach them that they are valuable and worth loving, the rest of their lives is going to be a million times easier. Because learning that you are lovable and learning to love yourself is one of the first biggest and hardest lessons that we have in this life. And if you want to make your life, make your child's life better for them, one of the biggest and best things that you can do is make sure that they know how lovable they are, how worthy they are, how valuable they are. It doesn't mean that they're better than other people because they're not. It just means that nobody else is better than them. And when they gain that understanding not just as a surface knowledge, but as a core knowledge that's part of their paradigm and part of their being, it changes who they are, it changes who they grow up to be, and it changes how they affect the world. And that's a world I want to live in. That's a beautiful world. And it's the actions that we do. Our words do matter, absolutely. However, the actions, like the time we take to do it, the time your parents took 
to spend time with you. It definitely, obviously, instilled you with major love skills. And another thing, too. Love skills. Yeah, love love Major love skills. I like that, too. Major love skills. I should write that down. I do like that. Major love skills. That's like mad love. Major love skills. So we want to Um, instill in our children major major love love skills. skills. Yeah. I am writing it down. Major love skills. Um, And in return, they'll give mad love to others. Um, What I was going to say is, thank you for sharing that. I do appreciate it. I think that's beautiful. And it is obvious to me that that is the reason why you are able to do everything you do is because you already have it inside of you. And if you were brought up with it not inside of you, that doesn't matter. You still have the opportunity to have that love. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that. Because I worry sometimes, because I, I want to teach other people how to have the life that they want. Not the life that I want, but the life that they want. Mm-hmm. I want to help other people who are going through similar things that I've gone through of trying to figure out what life is all about and why am I here and what's mm-hmm. the freaking point. I want to help them find their answers. And their answers are going to be different than mine. And I've, I've wondered about, okay, how do I teach someone who didn't grow up in a home like mine how lovable they are. Because honestly, that's an easier thing to love as a child than as an adult. But it might have come from a conversation you and I had last week where the lower you start at something, the more springboard power you have. So maybe I I got a kickstart, you know, but if anybody who didn't get that kickstart, it doesn't mean that they're screwed. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Because the truth, the truth is that Every single person is absolutely as lovable and more valuable than I ever believed I was. Anybody listening right now who's ever said to themselves, I'm a piece of crap, I don't deserve it, you're lying. Start telling yourself the truth. It's going to feel like a lie, but the last one was a lie anyway, so you might as well just tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself what you want to hear, which is that you are valuable, you are lovable, you are more perfect than you have any idea. And if your parents didn't teach you that, I'm sorry. And they're probably sorry, but you can forgive them because they taught you everything that they knew. And you can't, you can't hold somebody um, guilty for doing everything that they were able to do, right? Mm-hmm. And your parents probably gave you everything that they were able to give. And if they were unloving to you, it's probably because their parents were unloving to them. And you got to kind of have an understanding of that and a forgiveness for them. But that doesn't mean that you can't recognize your love. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you can't recognize your own value. In fact, what it means is that as you start going, you will pick up momentum and you'll hit that springboard and you will rock it up. I know when you're on the ground, when you feel like crap, when you think that you're not valuable, it's hard to get up off your knees, much less rock it up. I understand. I get that. But what I'm saying is when you can get up off your knees slowly, a little bit at a time, stand up, learn to love the very, very basic fundamentals of yourself. From there, it gets easier and easier and easier. Because when you look inside yourself and you find one teeny tiny little piece of light, the more you look at that, the brighter it gets. And the, if you can start with loving yourself with one teeny tiny little thing and love that thing and stop telling yourself all those lies about what you think of yourself and instead tell yourself some truth about what you really are, It'll grow and just starting from the teeny tiny little spark, it'll grow into a bonfire 
And the more you do it, the faster it goes because that's how momentum works. And when you pick up momentum, you're going to springboard. You're going to rock it up. It is possible for you to love yourself. And you have to bring it to the light. So recognize it. And um, it's okay to tell a friend and, and ask for other people to help you. And just remember, like, whatever you're weak at, be so proud and happy because say it like last week I was like, yeah, I'm really, really bad at this. And I'm so excited because that means I'm going to be really, really good at this one day. Exactly. That's not today, but I'm going to keep going along because it's going to happen. And it, it does happen. It really does. Really does. It really yeah. does. Momentum, like I was saying, it, it, when whatever your project is, whether it's being a billionaire or building a rocket that will take us to Mars or getting out of bed, you can only start where you're at. You can't start anywhere else. So mm-hmm. give yourself some forgiveness for being where you're at and, rec- and be grateful that you're where you're at because at least now you know where you're at. And right here is a perfect moment to start. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as soon, whether it's no matter what it is, when you start with the first step in front of you and then take the next step and then take the next step, the momentum builds and builds and builds. And it feels like you're taking inch steps and then the next thing you know, you're taking mile steps. And that's how you get there, is, is on the swing of the momentum. Now, I love momentum because you get started and it feels hard at first, but once the momentum gets going, it carries you it away with in. it. Do you know what it makes me think of? And this may be a poor analogy, you could tell me, is if you're a coffee drinker, say you start drinking some coffee and you're like, oh, and then all of a sudden you're like, woo, like it kicks in. That's like momentum. You're like, all right, we are changing things now. Yeah. I know <laughs> what that you're a talking good about. Analogy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's relatable. It is, it is not to everybody, but okay, it's relatable it to me. Soda, energy drinks, uh-huh. or when you're running, that runner's high. Yeah. You know, when yep. it kicks in. At, at mile seven. Yeah. <laughs> It'll kick in. So, yeah, I yeah. like that. You know, another thing, like when you were saying that, how you start out, like my daughter, she's doing the self-help homes. It's a program here in Southern Utah where they help uh, each other build homes. So there's nine families. Cool. It's out in Tokerville. It's pretty cool. And I go help her sometimes. And you get to know these families and you're like building a community. You're working together. But when you first start, you have like wood and you look at it and you're <laughs> like, how is this ever going to happen? And now they're on the last home, framing the last home. And it's like, wow, like the progress is huge. And by working together. And so you could relate that to anything in life, how we work together and how it starts out. You can't, you know, you can't see it till it's done, but I don't know. It's a, it's a cool thing to be a part of. And if you ever want to volunteer, they are always looking for volunteers and I'm just going to give you my number. So if you want to go volunteer with me when I go call me and I would love to uh, chat with you and we could even chat about love or children or whatever you want to talk about. But I'll tell you my number is 702-686-7056. And if you did want to volunteer, and it's it's really not that hard. What a neat project. It really is. It's and a cool project. so much fun. Like you said, I bet that those families are going to be best friends. I know. And I'm already starting to love them. Well, you have to. <laughs> Chokes me up because now I see them on Facebook. And so uh-huh. I see, like, I saw a little boy. Um, he has this really rare condition. And so I've never, i seen him from a distance, but... She posted a picture of him today, his first day of preschool, and he had a seizure, so he was out of it most of the day. Mm-hmm. But, like, seeing his face, it just immediately chokes me up because 
and you put a face to that name. So, yeah, like getting to know people and uh, you just love them. You can't help but love them. <laughs> so building communities, building homes, you know, that's we're all here to help each other. And, and it's not that you're better than me or I'm better than you. Yeah. It's that we're in this together and your skills will help my skills. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can't cut straight or I can't love myself as good as you or vice versa. You know what I mean? But it always like we always can work things out for the greater good of everybody I think no Absolutely. matter what it is and that's how we build castles and mansions and not just homes and I what you're saying is you start with a piece of dirt and some wood and you go okay we're gonna live here but so that might be how it feels when you first say okay I should love myself more and you feel yeah. like you're looking at a field of dirt and a pile of wood and going and I'm supposed to make a house out of this <laughs> And I get it. That's when somebody decides to start loving themselves more. That's what it feels like because it feels like you got a pile of dirt and yeah. you're lucky if you have some wood. Um, but the teamwork, mm -hmm. that's how the dream works. That's right. And, and I love also how you said to talk to somebody because here's another thing about when we feel crappy about ourselves, we think that we're alone. But most people that you walk past have the same thoughts in their head that you have. Thoughts of self-doubt, thoughts of not good enough, thoughts of not wanting to try something because fear of failing. We all have those things. All of us do. And if somebody says they don't, they're lying. <laughs> or, or they're a master and you should learn from them. True. Ask them how they're doing it. Right? Be like, well, how are you doing that? Watch them. Watch them. Learn Watch from them. them. I've learned so much from watching people, not by what they tell mm -hmm. me, but watching them. Because... If you're going to teach me how to do something, but you, you can't do it yourself, I don't value it as much. For example, um, like a psychiatrist or psychologist, if they haven't been through that experience, I actually value somebody without a degree who's walked that walk, who could be like, look, I've been through this. This is what works. This is what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Try this. Try and I'm not saying that psychologist or whoever you're going to, it's just an example, don't have skills. They do. Absolutely. Just for me personally, I have more value in someone who could say, I've been through this. I know what it's like. Let's talk. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. If that makes sense. It, it really does. And it's, it's applicable to me because I took my 53 foster kids to a lot of different doctors. And some of them were better than others. Um, especially when we're talking about teenage behavioral type doctors. Mm -hmm. that you're, There's just not that many in the field that are what yeah. you want. But on occasion, we would hire an in-home associate someone to come in in the house with us be like teaching parents like me and my husband to help us and we'd hire people with no college degree none of that but they lived the same life that these kids lived and they got through it and they came up out of it and that's who I want teaching those these kids is someone who's been there done that seen the light got to it and now can show them so Absolutely. so definitely when you find those people pay attention to them and learn from them as much as you can. But remember yeah. that everybody else, the other 99% of the people out there, they have the same thoughts of self-doubt that you do. One reason that I love kids so much, and this might sound weird, is because kids loved me. Mm. And so it made me go, like I would hang out with kids and other people's children just seemed to gravitate to me. And I love them, so I had a lot of fun playing with them. But I, I couldn't figure out why. What was it about me because I've got kids climbing all over me, but those people don't. Why are the kids climbing on me? It's because I'll let them climb on me, maybe. But I realized 
that when we're in those moments where we're feeling self-doubt and we're, we're wondering if other people are going to like us, what we look for unconsciously is we look for someone who likes themselves. Because if we can find someone who likes themselves, they're going to be more likely to like us too. And what I realized was I like myself. And the more authentic that I am, the more of me that I am when I'm around kids, the more they love me. And I've tested this. I've practiced it and played with it. And the more authentic I am, the more kids love me because kids don't know how to be inauthentic. That's why they tell fat people that they're fat and guys with big noses (laughs) that they have big noses because kids don't know how to be not authentic. So they look for people who are authentic. And I found that by doing that, it made kids like me, but it made adults like me. And also along the way, I was having a lot of fun. And one way, one way that you can teach other people that they are lovable, other people's kids, friends, whoever, is by loving yourself. Because when you love yourself, people can see it and they go, huh, maybe if that person loved themselves, maybe I can too. And there's hope. There's not just hope, there's promise for every single one of us because we really are that valuable. We really are that important. So much more than you can even comprehend. And when you believe in that, your life changes. We got 35 seconds. Well, I love that. I just wanted to say thank you for sharing everything you shared. I think it's beautiful. And I I hope that you guys found this show valuable. And if you did, I hope you share it with others because I found it valuable. So thank you, Della, for for coming and doing the shows with us. Nicole should be back next week. Yay. We well, love you guys so much. We really, really do. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for being here. Please comment, or if you wanted to ask a question about your kid, leave a question in the comments and we'll answer it. Thank you so much for listening, and Nicole will be back next week. That was good. Thank you. I liked it.